Hello and welcome into another episode of the Fantasy Football Pod with Nick and Cody. This is Nick McDonald. That is Cody Barwick. Cody, we are just uh, recording right after the Thursday night football game between the Cincinnati Bengals and the Miami Dolphins. The Bengals take it 27-15. to 15. Uh, We're not going to get into an extended discussion about the game on this pod, but... Um, Maybe some quick thoughts. Uh, prayers up for Tua. Tough to watch him leave in the manner that he did. Uh, this game ended up not really living up to its expectation, largely in part because of that. But uh, not a horrible game to watch, but just kind of you know depressing overall because of the injury that happened pretty early on. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you started Tyreek Hill and uh, T. Higgins, those are probably the only two that you're extremely happy with. Uh, Joe Mixon got in the end zone, which kind of helped save his week a little bit. But uh, Jalen Waddle didn't have the best week. Jamar Chase didn't have you know the caliber week that we'd expect from him. And yeah, it was kind of rough all around, especially if you were banking on Tua with that healthy status he had before the game. If you put him in your starting lineup, I'm sorry to see that. That is uh, going to be very tough this week for a lot of fantasy players. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's going to be interesting moving into next week, how that affects uh, his top two options, probably the most relevant fantasy piece of that information. But uh, we will see. We'll get into a more extended reaction on the Miami-Cincinnati game in our week four uh, reaction video that we will probably post on uh, either Monday or Tuesday. But uh, for now, we are going to get into the week four preview. And before we get into the matchups, I'm going to go ahead and start with the news and notes. Uh, before I do that, though, I want to please remind everybody to uh, comment, like, and subscribe to the videos. If you're on Apple Podcasts, uh, shoot us a five-star review. Uh, it really helps out. And if there is enough engagement at some point, we would love to do a Q&A session with our listeners at some point, answer some questions, and uh, you know, respond to our listeners. We always appreciate the input from you guys. Yeah. Uh, on, starting out... Sorry, yeah, Nick, just ahead, to add on to that for just a second, it seems like the Facebook page gets the most, uh, most, I would say, action from listeners. So if you, if you see the Facebook page, I would say comment any start, sit, questions throughout the week that you have on there and we will address it on this pod to start it or our best bets pod we could always throw that at the beginning to give you more content on saturday so if you have any of those kind of questions please shoot us those comments we would love to make it a part of the podcast and just get the listeners more involved uh but nick go ahead and take it away with your uh, your news and notes all right, so most of this is going to be injury updates. Uh, again, Friday usually tells us quite a bit when it comes to injuries on these players, so uh, you're really going to want to pay attention tomorrow to uh, their practice reports and uh, what the beat reporters are saying. But I'm just going to get what we have update-wise on the big names, and then we'll get into extended discussions on them when we do the, uh, the matchups on those players. So running through all these guys real quick. Christian McCaffrey, a surprise DNP. Uh, that means do not practice on Wednesday and Thursday with a thigh issue. Optimism that he will still play. Matt Rule did not seem too concerned about it when he was interviewed, but again, it's Christian McCaffrey. It's it's always going to be scary when uh, he is the guy on the injury report, so you're going to want to watch it, but it seems like he uh, will be okay. Dalvin Cook, he practiced limited in a limited fashion on Thursday. Looking more and more like a game-down decision on this one, but I would lean towards him playing. Uh, definitely still roster Alex Madison, but uh, if you have him, I wouldn't plan on starting him. Just uh, you know, include him 
he's, he's more of a gravy option, as I would say. You know, he if he's if he plays, that's great. But I would expect Dalvin to play and be the lead guy. Uh, David Montgomery, he did not practice. I would make other plans. Seems like he's going to miss at least this first week off of the uh, ankle slash knee injury. Amon Ross St. Brown, same boat. Did not practice Wednesday or Thursday. Seems like he's going to miss at least one week, uh, but his injury doesn't seem too serious, so I'd, I would uh, expect it to just be the one week for Amon Ross St. Brown. Zay Jones, he got added to the injury report on Thursday after practicing on Wednesday. You never like to see that. Uh, the in-week injury downgrade is always a sign of an injury happening in practice, uh, at least generally. We'll see if he comes back on Friday. That would be encouraging, but I would make other plans if you were in a deep league and starting Zay Jones or picked him up off the waiver wire like someone I know that would be myself. Uh, Michael Thomas and Jameis Winston on the Saints both did not practice on Thursday. Uh, Michael Thomas seems very iffy for Sunday right now based on what I've seen. Jameis, this might just be more of a management plan with his back injury. He's dealing with uh, four broken bones in his back. It's been a couple weeks going at this point, so uh, I would expect Jameis to play, but I would expect Michael Thomas to be 50-50 uh, at best, maybe even uh, less than that. So I would make other plans if you have Michael Thomas, and then if he's there, that's great, but it seems like there's a strong possibility he will miss this Sunday. Keenan Allen was limited on Thursday, but he left practice, uh, according to uh, a couple beat reporters that were there. That's not exactly encouraging. But I haven't heard anything that says he has an official setback, so I would still plan on Keenan Allen playing this Sunday. But again, that's another guy you're going to make other plans in case he doesn't. David Njoku does not practice on Thursday. This one, again, seems a little more maintenancey than most. I would expect him to play this Sunday. Not entirely sure, but uh, David Njoku, we are going to monitor, make other plans for him. But uh, I would expect him to play this Sunday. Cordero Patterson also does not practice. His was listed as rest slash knee. Um, you can make of that what you will. I'm not exactly sure either, but he is a 31-year-old running back, so there's a chance he'll be okay. There was no report of an injury coming out of the game on Sunday, so that, that may very well be more of a uh, you know a rest day than anything else, but just keep an eye on Cordero. Gabe Davis also did not practice Thursday. His was also listed as rest slash, um, I believe he had an ankle injury, so it was rest slash ankle. So we'll see on Gabe Davis, but he was limited Wednesday, out Thursday. Just watch his Friday practice report. That is all I have for major injury updates. Um, we will get into all of those things when we uh, react to these week four matchups. But Cody, uh, anything in general, anything stick out to you, or do you want to just wait until we uh, react to these matchups? Uh, just the two biggest ones that stick out are Zay Jones and Michael Thomas. Uh, it sucks for Zay Jones because he kind of got some fantasy relevance off the last week. And uh, Michael Thomas, uh, I would make other plans. But other than that, we'll get into the rest of these guys as we go through. But those are two kind of low-end flex players that I may be looking other ways this week. Yeah, thank God I spent eight fab dollars on Zay Jones yeah. on uh, Tuesday. Yeah, perfect. Glad he got injured 24 hours later. Um, <laughs> just absolutely love to see that. But we're going to get into these week four matchups. We're going to go chronologically again. We're going to go um, noon games, uh, three games, and then the uh, Sunday night and Monday night games. And we're going to go AFC home games and then NFC home games on both slates. We're going to also start with the 830 game. That would be the London game between Minnesota and New Orleans. 
Minnesota is favored by two and a half in this one. Over-unders 43 and a half. Uh, we'll start on the Minnesota side. I think that over-under has a lot to do with Jameis's back injury, to be honest with you. Uh, but starting with Minnesota, Kirk Cousins, uh, this is kind of a tough matchup. I mean, uh, New Orleans has been very good against quarterbacks so far this year, and uh, they kind of have been for the past couple. So Kirk is right on the borderline of a startable asset, and it falls firmly into the streaming category. Cody, I'm just going to throw you a few names, and I'll have you rank them for me because they're all going to be in that like 10 to 13 or 14 range for most people. So we'll see how you feel about them. Russ, Kirk, uh, Tom Brady, or Jared Goff? Yeah, so uh, number one, I would have Tom Brady. I'm just expecting him to have some form of a bounce-back week. He's going to have Mike Evans back um, and maybe another option, but I think Mike Evans alone kind of puts him above uh, some of these other guys. Number two, I'd have Kirk. I think that um, I think Kirk's kind of just clearly above the other two guys. Just with Russ, you haven't seen it yet this year. And then golf, if St. Brown sits, my confidence in golf goes way down. And I think he's expected to miss at this point. So uh, I would just stay away from golf. So officially, I'd go Brady, Kirk. And then after Kirk, I'd say a pretty good drop off into Russ and then golf. Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't have any major qualms there. I think I might switch Russ and Kirk just because I have a little bit more faith in this Saints defense uh, than maybe the general public does at this point. But uh, yeah, I, I think I think Brady at the top and Golf at the bottom are kind of the big ones there. The middle two, you can kind of just flip a coin at that point if you have both of them. Yeah, that Saints defense has looked pretty good, but that Denver offense has looked pretty bad. So. <laughs> So has the Raiders defense, but uh, we will uh, go ahead. We'll get into that later. Uh, for the rest of the Minnesota guys, Dalvin Cook, we just talked about it in the injury section of this pod. Uh, he's a wait-and-see guy, but if he plays, you're going to start him. We've seen this in the past. Dalvin Cook loves to be questionable coming into a game. If he plays, he's usually still the guy. There's no sort of like you know, splitting of work with him and whoever his backup is. Obviously, this is a different coaching staff, so they might handle it differently. But through the first two weeks, the workloads have been kind of what we'd expect of Dalvin Cook in previous years. So I would expect them to handle it no differently here uh, with Dalvin. Do you have any disagreement or can we move on to the wide receivers? Nope, I completely agree with you. Yeah, and if Madison is the guy, you start him just like you would Dalvin. Uh, yeah. Probably even more confidently, honestly, because you don't have any sort of re-injury risk like you would if Cook is in the game there. Yeah. Uh, on the wide receiver side, Justin Jefferson, we're absolutely starting him. Uh, he will most likely see a Marshawn Lattimore shadow for most of this game, so I guess manage expectations on Jefferson. Maybe don't throw him in uh, your cash DFS lineups, but... Uh, he's obviously in your lineup no matter what every single week as long as he is healthy. The more interesting guy to talk about here is his running mate Adam Thielen. He scored last week, uh, had his bounce back there against Detroit, and um, this week I think he becomes pretty interesting. I wasn't really high on Thielen coming into the draft season. That had a lot to do with his age and you know possible drop-off, but in this case, you know, you're looking at him as the number two guy in this offense where, as we've just stated, Jefferson's going to have a tough matchup as the one. So, obviously, he's not going to be uninvolved, but you'd expect Adam Thielen to maybe have a couple more targets because of Lattimore's presence here. Yeah, if, if J.J.'s going to get shadowed by Lattimore, I think I think Thielen has a good chance at 
getting a couple more receptions and another touchdown uh, similar to last week. So I think he's a fine flex play this week. But, um, yeah, I don't really have much to say. I think I think that he's a fine play. So um, I'm going to have a few guys, just like we did with Kirk, uh, that are kind of in the flex slash low wide receiver two range. I'm going to have you rank them for me real quick, Cody. We're going to go Adam Thielen, Jerry Judy, Tyler Lockett, or Juju Smith-Schuster. Oh, yeah. So one, I would go Jerry Judy. To me, I think his ceiling is still the highest out of any of these guys. Number two, I would go Thielen. I think he has... A pretty decent matchup this week, again, with Lattimore on Jefferson. I think he's just going to be a little bit more needed. Uh, then I would actually go three, Tyler Lockett. I think he's just been a little bit more trustworthy. He's going to get more targets than this last guy, and that's Juju. I just He would be the one chief receiver I would put in my lineup, but it would be like the very last spot. I, I, just, I don't have any trust in these Chiefs receivers fantasy-wise right now. Honestly, I blacked out after you listed the Bronco first in that list. So um, the rest of it, I'm just going to agree with you because uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm just He's just gonna, a clear step above the rest said. of these guys. But yeah, we'll just add them in there and group them all together. <laughs> From a talent perspective, you're definitely right. Um, <laughs> so yeah, what I, I, whatever your list, I, I agree with your list there, Cody. That was, that was a real good list. Um, but uh, on the tight end side of things for Minnesota, Irv Smith, He's in a tough matchup. He's he's a, he's in a streaming category. I, I mean, I'd probably pivot to a streamer that has a little bit of a better matchup here, unless you're you know desperate on the wire there for a tight end. Uh, New Orleans, Jameis finds himself. He's he's a low in QB two. He has the you know the back injury right now. I I would not be considering him in any sort of one quarterback situation. Alvin Kamara, we're starting him. Um, I. I have a note here from Cody that's asking if we would sell high on Alvin Kamara if he has a good week. Personally, I would not. I think his involvement has been there. His uh, efficiency has been pretty poor, and the offensive line is probably not going to be very good this year, but I just believe in him as a player and think he's kind of essential to this offense. So uh, guys like this that are getting 20 to 22 looks a game are going to pay off at the end of the year unless they get hurt most of the time. So I would be buying on Kamara if you can get him at a discount on his draft day price. Yeah, I agree. I I do like Alvin Kamara rest of season as well. And if he has a good week in week four, that's just gonna that's just gonna make that feeling stronger. So I don't I tried to trade for him in a couple leagues and a lot of people kind of feel the same way. They're waiting for him to have a boom week. So uh but yeah, I think he's you're definitely starting him and he's a good good running back rest of season as well if you can get him at any kind of a discount. Yeah, and the last time the New Orleans Saints played the Minnesota Vikings, it was on Christmas Day, and Alvin Kamara scored six touchdowns. So I would be pretty confident in him going into this one. Um, on the wide receiver side of things for New Orleans, it starts and ends with Chris Olave. Uh, excuse me, it doesn't end with Chris Olave, but it starts with Chris Olave. I think that's the important part. We, I think this is uh, this is working its way into one of our better calls to start the year here. Um, I I know we've been we've been on Chris Olave since the start. I remember in our pod last week we told everyone that this was the guy we wanted rest of season, and I think at this point it's only been more validated. Uh, I would put him in the you know wide receiver two category. I do feel better with him uh, if Winston plays rather than Dalton. I just think Winston's you know arm strength and desire to throw the ball down the field helps Olave's case uh, more than Dalton's style of play. But I, I, I view him as a strong wide receiver too right now. How about you? 
Oh, yeah. I think he's definitely a strong wide receiver, too. He's um, – and especially going into this week with Michael Thomas on the injury report, if he misses, Olave should be even more of a necessity. And if he's going to get 10-plus targets each week, he can – he's definitely in that wide receiver, two category. Yeah, Olave, uh, a couple of nerdy stats for you here real quick. We have him at a uh, 26.5% target per route run rate, which is very good for wide receivers. That's just basically how many times he's targeted, how many times uh, per how many times he's on the field and running a route. And then he also has a very high yards, uh, or excuse me, average depth of target that is over 18 yards. It's absolutely elite. So if you're getting thrown the ball a lot and getting thrown the ball a lot downfield, it's easy to be successful, especially when you're really good at football. So I have a yeah. few guys for you. I want you to compare uh, Alave to for me. We've got Rashad Bateman, uh, Chris Alave, Garrett Wilson, or uh, Jeff Wilson Jr., the running back for the 49ers. So I have, I have Olave in as the number one guy in that list. And in layman's terms, basically what you just said is one out of every four passing plays, Olave is going to get targeted almost 20 yards down the field. <laughs> that's crazy. So that is, I mean, that's, yeah, his value rest things. of the season. Yeah, that is, that's sweet. Uh, number two, Wilson. I, I'd go with him just because he's going to have the most guaranteed touches out of probably anybody in, on this list. And, uh, but I think Olave still has the higher ceiling. Three, I'd have Wilson. I just think that he has a higher ceiling. And Bateman I have at the bottom. I still believe in him, you know, season long. But he's coming off games with five, seven, and four targets. So I'd rather uh, play some of these guys that have gotten volume over the past couple of weeks. Cody, could you just clarify uh, which Wilson was which Wilson there for the for two and three for me? Yeah, sorry. I heard, I heard you chuckle. And I was like, what did I do? That was so funny. I was locked in right there. Uh, number two would be Jeff Wilson. Uh, Thank you. But I do see where that could get confusing. I think he will have the most guaranteed touches. And then uh, Garrett Wilson would be number three if he jets wide receiver. Yeah, thank you. I actually agree with the uh, the point you made there. I was just hoping that we were on the same page. Didn't see any uh, any note there about the junior part of Jeff Wilson Jr. So I didn't want to misquote you with putting him above Garrett on uh, on the list here. But I, I agree. I think uh, Jeff Wilson's guaranteed uh, touches kind of make him a little bit more appealing there. It's just a tough matchup with the Rams. So we'll get into that game a little bit later. Uh, no tight ends on the Saints are interesting me. Uh, I know Taysom could get a few extra touches with Jameis's injury here, but it's just too unpredictive. I mean, I, I just I I don't want to have a four rushes for nine yard stat line out of my tight end because I decided to start Taysom. I think you're really just praying for a touchdown there. Yeah, I, the only thing I'll say about Taysom, if you're projected to lose by. 30 points going into this week and you have a bad tight end i don't mind you just throwing in that throwing him in there hoping he Jameis something happens to Jameis and he has to come in and play quarterback for you know a certain period of time in this game so if you want to take that risk go ahead but i i tend to agree with nick it's not worth the risk if you have any kind of solid option at your tight end fair enough yeah, if you are if you are that down bad and you know your team is that much worse than your uh, your counterparts, then you can t- make that pivot. Uh, Tennessee at Indianapolis. We have Indianapolis favored by three and a half in this one. Over under is forty three. That seems a little low to me. These games tend to shoot out a little bit more than expected. Usually, I uh, I would take the over on that one. But 
starting out with Tennessee, Ryan Tannehill, he's a low-end QB2. Uh, Indianapolis' defense has been pretty good so far this year, and Tannehill has shown us nothing to say that he can beat elite competition, especially in their building. Uh, running backs, Derrick Henry, you're absolutely starting him. Uh, I mean, I'm not necessarily encouraged. Indianapolis has been a tough matchup so far this year. Henry has had success in the past, but, uh, you know, how predictive is that in future years? Who knows? I just think we're hoping that the passing involvement for Derrick Henry continues. If that's the case, I think his fantasy value will have a nice floor, which has kind of been his issue in years past when he's sort of worked out of the game plan because Tennessee goes down big, he can have some bad games. So if he keeps a passing down roll, that will be key to his value. Uh, on the wide receivers for Tennessee... We can have a little bit of a discussion here, but I don't really know how much there is to discuss here. I think Traylon Burks is the only guy I'm interested in, especially from a long-term perspective. He's just a bench stash for me right now, though, and I'm, I'm not comfortable starting him. He is just not seeing the target share that we need for a, a weekly start here for Traylon Burks. Maybe DFS if you want to take a risk there in a tournament or something. And then Robert Woods is the other guy that we're looking at. He had a pretty good week last week, but I just, you know, he's had two bad weeks and one good week, uh, the one good week against a pretty weak defense. So I'm not ready to trust Woods in a season-long lineup. Yeah, I agree with you when it comes to Robert Woods. If, uh, I mean, if he's still rostered, that's fine. But if he's out on the waiver wire, I wouldn't even bother picking him up. He's more of just a roster clog, in my opinion. Uh, with Traylon Burks, I agree with you under most circumstances. Uh, again, if you're in a position where you need a boom-bust player, I do think that they are going to try and get him more involved. I know that we kind of classified it as coach speak, but the coaches did say they want to get him more targets. Uh, so I would I would prefer to wait until you see it, but if you need someone to play, I think Burks is fine in a boom-bust flex situation. Yeah, just know that there is a very low floor there for Traylon yeah, Burks. Like he, maybe zero. He could end up with right. He could end <laughs> up with one or two targets, and that is not going to lead to any fantasy success there. Uh, and tight ends, I'm not looking at Austin Hooper. Uh, he might work his way into the streaming conversation at some point this year, but he's just not there right now. He hasn't. Shown Didn't us the other tight end get the touchdown last week? Swain. Yeah, I so mean that's just, he, that always yeah, hurts. Right. Um, we're, we're not looking Austin Hooper's way right now. I, he's just someone that we'll keep on the radar for later in the year. Sure. Uh, Indianapolis, Matt Ryan, I'd say he's right in the same conversation with Ryan Tannehill. Maybe you'd start him over Tannehill in a Q, two QB league. I probably would just because I'm not as scared of Tennessee's secondary and uh, Tennessee's front seven yep. as I am of Indianapolis's. So I'd start Ryan over him in a two QB league. That's about it. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, we're absolutely starting. And then Naheem Hines will throw in in a PPR deep league. Uh, again, he's just a flex, though. You're, you're looking at five or six targets for Naheem Hines, and that's just somebody that you're throwing in if you need some guaranteed production. Not looking at a big game there. And, uh, you know, you just kind of know what you're getting there from Naheem Hines. Wide receivers... Michael Pittman is an absolute smash play. This is a really weak secondary in Tennessee. They've given up quite a bit to most receivers they've played this year. Devontae Adams had kind of a bad game, but Matt Collins had a huge one. So Michael Pittman's the number one here. I would be playing him in my wide receivers one slot pretty comfortably and just keeping an eye on Alec Pierce. He came back last week from his concussion, looked pretty good. I uh, would roster him in your deeper leagues and see if he turns into something. 
Yeah. Do you want to knock out the last one and then I'll just recap all of them? Yeah, we're uh, we're also not chasing Jelani yeah. Woods on the tight end spot. I mean, he scored two touchdowns last week, but that was on two targets and uh, I think thirteen yards. So that's that's one of those that's one of those uh, stat lines you kind of need to to observe before before getting excited about the fantasy foot you know fantasy point total there. Jelani Woods is not an option. Yeah, no, I agree with everything that you said. I don't really have anything to say about the Colts. That's why we could just go ahead and wrap them up. Jets at Pittsburgh, um, Pittsburgh favored by three and a half points in this one over under 41 and a half. I think this, this game has sneaky shootout potential, let's say, uh, because I, I think the Pittsburgh defense without TJ Watt is not as good as the Pittsburgh defense that we know and love from years past. Uh, the secondary is bad. It is it is very bad, honestly. In in Pittsburgh, they got torched by Jacoby Brissett in the first half last week. They looked horrible, uh, and then it just it's just going to come down to whether Zach Wilson can play a good game of football. Now that is maybe not a good bet to make, but uh, it's one that is possible. So if he can, I think this game could shoot out pretty easily. Forty one and a half, kind of a low over under here. But getting into the fantasy aspect here, the Jets, Zach Wilson, uh, he's just a uh, Q, two QB league stash right now. We're not really looking at him as a starter in any sort of format, be it season long or DFS. I'm not uh, quite ready to go there yet. Running backs on the Jets, Brees Hall, Michael Carter. We kind of got, you know, we, we, we sort of reacted to this when on our week three reaction video. I, I don't know what to make of this backfield. I, I'm not sure who's going to be the third down back, who's going to be the primary first and second down back. It is a mystery to me. Um, Cody, I don't know if you have any insights here. I know I have a, a list to get to, but I'll let you just comment on the backfield at first if you want to. Yeah, just with both of these guys, with Zach Wilson coming back, like I know we want to see who's in that third down passing role. We hope to see that it's Brees Hall, but... Zach Wilson doesn't really dump it down to the running back very often, even in third down situations. So um, both of these guys this week for me are sit candidates. If you have similar level flex options, I think I'm starting them over. Um, if you want to go ahead and list off the list, I kind of explain my reasons for, for both of them there. Yeah, before I do, I want to say that was a good point there. I think the uh, the important thing here is that Wilson is not – been somebody to this point in his career that likes dumping it off to running backs yep. joe flacco Flacco's not nearly as mobile yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. he he has to dump it off to running backs because he can't move zach wilson can and uh looks down the field for the most part so that's is something to consider here but let's just uh list off a few guys get a temperature on uh Brees hall michael carter first off would you start Brees hall or michael carter i would prefer not to in any any situation, I would hope that I have someone I'm more confident in than these two guys. That is unfortunately how low I am. Any preference on the two of them? Uh, if I had to start one or the other, I would start Brees Hall. I just think he's the more explosive athlete. Agreed. Uh, so I guess Brees Hall or Clyde Edwards Elair, Cody. I would take Clyde Edwards Elair. I just think that and then, both his floor and his ceiling are probably higher at this point. Patriots guys, Brees Hall or uh, Ramondre Stevenson, Damian I'm, Harris. I'm going to go with Stevenson and Harris almost for the exact opposite situation. I think that they are going to be necessities in that offense this week for or for the next couple weeks as long as Brian Hoyer is starting. I know we think that they're going to be down and they're just going to be passing nonstop, but I'm sure Bill Belichick's going to try and run the ball. 
quite a bit. So I would have Stevenson just slightly above uh, Harris just because I think his PPR upside is a little bit higher. But I'd still have them both above Brees Hall. Um, but that one, that one's getting a little bit closer, I think. Yeah, those two situations are kind of interesting to me. I find a lot of similarities there just as far as uh, their split and kind of the unpredictability uh, of their roles from week to week. But I think I would go with Hall out of those four guys, but not confidently at all. I think I'm just picking the best player and sort of hoping that he makes me a big play. Uh, Wide receivers for the Jets. This is another pretty interesting discussion. Um, I may be biased here on Garrett Wilson because I have a lot of investment in him, but I, I just love this player and... I find him to be a, you know, still a strong play, even with Zach Wilson here. Uh, they're going to have to throw the ball. Whether Wilson's good at it or not, he's going to throw it a lot, and that's going to lead to a lot of targets for Garrett Wilson. He's been primarily playing in the slot so far this year. Zach Wilson saw a very high slot rate tendency last year. Uh, Braxton Berrios found himself some usability uh, towards the end of the year with Zach Wilson, and I think Garrett Wilson is a much better player than Braxton Berrios. Um, and I think uh, that's the, the Jets wide receiver that I would be starting personally uh, out of this room this week. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, Similar to the running backs, I don't have a lot of confidence, but if I was to start one of them, it would be Garrett Wilson. If you have Elijah Moore, I kind of classify him with the running backs. I think Garrett Wilson, his talent's kind of just been on display the past couple weeks. And Elijah Moore, I still think, is very talented, but I want to see it with Zach Wilson before I'm going to trust him to score me points. So. I feel like this offense is just 100% tough for me because I feel like I'm back in week one and I'm just guessing on what we're going to see out there. And uh, that's just tough. And I don't have, when I don't have a lot of confidence in what I think is going to happen, it's just hard for me to start any of these guys this week. Yeah, I, I agree Wilson, with Wilson, I can understand because his, I mean, his ceiling is pretty high. You're right. It is The tough part is that this Pittsburgh secondary has been so bad, so I just really think there is opportunity for points here. And these wide receivers are really good. So if Zach Wilson can hit a throw to one of these guys, they, he could have a couple big plays and make some fantasy days. But we'll, we'll see how it turns out. I would probably rather see how it goes first, too, in just a general sense. I agree with that. I'm kind of going to echo that with their tight end, Tyler Conklin. He's been really involved so far, but again, I just, I'm just i not entirely sure that he's going to see the target volume that he has with uh, Joe Flacco so far. Pittsburgh, their defense is certainly startable. Zach Wilson has been known to turn the ball over, and that's kind of what you're looking for in a fantasy defense. And, um, you know, he's going to provide opportunity for turnovers, which is what you need. Mitch Trubisky, he probably finds himself into the low-end QB2 conversation because of the good matchup uh, in Superflex or two QB leagues, but that's about it. Uh, Najee Harris, again, you're starting him. This is, if any week is going to be a smash week for Najee Harris, this is the week, and I think we might have a possible sell-high situation for Najee Harris in redraft leagues here if uh, he does really well against the Jets. Yeah, this will be a game I'm definitely going to go back on NFL Plus and rewatch because I hope if Najee does have a big day, I hope to just see him just hitting the holes and hopefully the offensive line can start to get into a groove. Like I pointed out after last, you know, Thursday night football, he just he looks like he's dancing in you know three yards behind the line of scrimmage on every play. So if they can kind of get the offensive line moving and make some holes, he should have a good week. But I will be interested to see how it goes. 
Deontay, uh, Deontay Johnson, I would say, is a wide receiver, too, with this solid matchup against the Jets. Uh, their defense has been pretty bad across the board so far this year, was again last year. I think the only thing you're watching here is a possible shadow from uh, Ahmad Sauce Gardner, but Deontay finds himself in the slot quite a bit as well, and uh, I think he'll you know he'll find his his chances off of Gardner in this one. Just seems like kind of the most involved wide receiver from the Steelers' perspective, so I'd still be starting him over Claypool or Pickens. Yeah, he's he's definitely Trubisky's number one option, and it's really not even close. I feel like he looks for him on just about every route. So um, even though he may get shadowed a little bit by Gardner, I'm I'm still confidently starting Deontay Johnson. And then just quickly on these other receivers, I think I'm still holding on to Claypool just because I think his potential ceiling is still high. But if there's someone out there you want to move on for, I can understand dropping him. And then Pickens. I would not be too worried about holding on to him, but in deep leagues, maybe worth the roster spot. Uh, Nick, I am just hoping that maybe they'll make the transition to Kenny Pickett and he can breathe some life into this offense because none of these guys are locked and loaded every week. There's always a little bit of caution. And that is why I would not even be holding on to these guys personally. I'd be dropping Claypool and Pickens because, like you said, the only hope is that they make the switch. And I think until this team finds itself completely in the tank, that will not happen. But we'll uh, we'll see. And once it does, you're going to want to pick these guys up because who knows how he's going to distribute targets at that point. You know, one of these other two guys could easily be the number one. Uh, and then Pat Fryermuth, I'd still call him a low-end starter. He's been involved in the offense so far, and uh, he's looked pretty good doing it. So tight end, there's there's a pretty low bar to clear. He's in the starting category as a low-end starter. Yep. Buffalo at Baltimore. This game is uh, pretty interesting from a few perspectives. Obviously, two of the best teams in the AFC so far. Buffalo uh, favored by three, and this one over-under is 51. That has gone down pretty significantly since the weather reports of this game have come out so i think that is going to heavily influence the way this one goes unfortunately we have hurricane ian by the way uh hopefully everybody that is listening or anybody that knows anybody that's listening that's involved in that situation is safe and uh okay because that was some pretty scary stuff coming out of florida uh, earlier this week from you know footage from that hurricane really devastating but um, it's going to be on the east coast this weekend and it's probably going to affect this game and that's kind of why this over-under has been coming down so just keep an eye on that but we'll start with buffalo josh allen obviously you're playing him i don't care if it's raining you know four inches during the game he'll be fine he can run the ball uh, and he can throw the ball through just about anything uh, and the running backs for Buffalo, Devin Singletary, I, I like the high over-under in this one, so I think he's a solid flex play, and you know he's been the lead guy so far this year, maybe not to the degree that we would want him to be, but um, you know uh, he's still been involved, and I would, I would like to play him. I'll let you say your piece on Singletary before we get to this list. Yeah, I think Singletary is going to be a fine flex option. If, if the weather is going to be bad for this game, I think the running game is probably going to be leaned on a little bit more. So maybe that gives him a little bit of a bump um, in this matchup. So if you have Singletary, I think he's a fine flex play. But I would leave the other two running backs on this team alone completely. Alrighty, Cody, I'm going to have you rank a few guys for me here real quick. We're going to go Devin Singletary, Rashad Penny against Detroit. 
Uh, Clyde Edwards E. Lair on the road against Tampa, and then DJ Moore to throw in a flex consideration against Arizona at home. Yeah, absolutely. So, number one, just slightly, I am going to have Penny. I think he has the best matchup going against Detroit this week and uh, may get some passing work with Travis Homer being out. Number two, I'm going to go with Clyde just slightly um, in a non-PPR this would be different. I'd, I'd put Singletary above Clyde and not PPR. But for both half and full, I'm still going to go with Clyde. I think his uh, their floors are relatively similar. I think Clyde's ceiling may just be a little bit higher. And, uh, you know, if the weather is bad, Singletary may not get very many passing opportunities. Third, I would have Singletary in .5 and full point PPR. Um, flex level play for me, I think he's going to be fine. Just ultimately, I think his ceiling's capped. And then last, I would have DJ Moore. In my opinion, if you have DJ Moore, you're just hoping he has a boom week so you can trade him for his name value. But I don't know. I, I have zero faith in DJ Moore. I don't have him in any league, so I don't have to do the ballsy thing and sit him. But if you have the ability to, I would. I don't have any trust with Baker Mayfield. Sorry, don't mean to go on a <laughs> DJ Moore rant during this uh, matchup, but I would, I would try and sit him. Yeah, I uh, I definitely get that. He's going to be uh, seeing Byron Murphy in that game as well, so that'll be a tough one. But uh, I think I would probably play uh, Singletary over all these options except Rashad Penny. I like I like Penny a lot in the matchup against Detroit, but Singletary in this high-scoring matchup, I think, again, could see a decent amount of targets. And uh, again, like you said, there's always the possibility they have to lean on the run with uh, some bad weather, too. So yeah. I think that there's a high possibility that happens, honestly. I'm, I'm kind of leaning towards it. I've been Singletary this week. And uh, then I would probably go more over Clyde in on the 3-4 there just because I, I think Clyde's going to have a tough time against this Tampa run D and... I don't know. DJ Moore might be more of a gut call. I feel like Carolina is going to have to get him more involved this week. On the wide receivers for Buffalo, Stephon Diggs were starting. Uh, Gabe Davis, solid wide receiver, too, in a good matchup. Again, this is going to be complicated by the weather, potentially, but it's really, really hard to sit any of these guys because of the uh, the horrible Baltimore secondary to this point in the year. Devontae Parker torching them for 156 yards last week. Uh, just really hard to get away from any of them, honestly, with uh, with how bad the, the secondary's been and with how good Josh Allen is. So I think you have to start Diggs and Davis regardless of the weather situation. And then Isaiah McKenzie, he's in the flex territory. I, I might be a little bit stronger on recommending him if the weather uh, situation wasn't the way that it is. But uh, they, the Baltimore Ravens have given up the most points to the slot to this far in the year uh, in, in, con, you know, in conjunction with that they've given up the third or fourth most points to the wide receiver position. So I, I think McKenzie's in a spot to be a, a solid flex, but the weather does scare me just a little bit. Yeah. So yeah, I, I agree. I, one thing I would do want to point out is in the like crazy blizzard game, uh, wind game last year against uh, the Patriots, Josh Allen was still trying to throw the football all over the place. So I don't think he's going to, you know, resort away from that this week. So Gabe Davis, Stefan Diggs, Maybe temper expectations just a little bit, but I'd still have some confidence playing them. And then uh, I'm just going to get to this because I'm completely tilted on these three names now. Uh, McKenzie, Elijah Moore, and Singletary. I think I'm going to keep Singletary in the number one spot just based on him getting the most guaranteed opportunities. 
But I, I think you convinced me a little bit more on Elijah Moore. I think the tough Pittsburgh secondary um, or the rough Pittsburgh secondary and Zach Wilson not dumping down to receivers, looking to take some shots downfield. Moore may be a recipient of those. And then third, I would have McKenzie uh, just because if the weather is bad and it does limit the passing, uh, just a smaller passing pie to someone who's already getting a small smaller piece of it, I kind of want to put him my back in there. So. If you're looking at the show, Doc Nick, I did have McKenzie above there earlier, but live tilt, I'm going more above McKenzie. Yeah, I, I think I like Singletary significantly more than both of the other options just because of the weather complication and uh, the high score there. And uh, honestly, I'm flipping a coin between Eli Moore and McKenzie. I, I'm trying to find another option if I have these guys. I'm not dropping either one of them, but I'm trying to find another option. If I can't, then McKenzie is my play as well uh, with the numbers against the, the Baltimore slot corner there and then uh, you know the high over-under in this game. Dawson Knox, he's a streaming candidate. You want to have pieces in this matchup, so if you don't have any other better, or, you know, any other tight ends that you want to look at here, Dawson Knox is a fine play. He's got a high chance of a touchdown, but uh, you're managing expectations with Dawson Knox. If you don't score a touchdown, you're probably not going to be happy. On the Baltimore side, we're playing Lamar Jackson. Uh, we are. I don't know if we are, but I am sitting J.K. Dobbins because I need to see it from him before I play him. Uh, I'm just not confident in really any of the running back. Uh, situ- any of the running back options from Baltimore other than the quarterback uh, right now. Uh, if you watched last week or even just looked at his stat line, I don't know how that would have boosted your confidence to uh, just throwing him throwing him in your lineup this week. Um, it might suck because he might have a boom week on your bench, but for him, I am just waiting until I see it because – they may have him limited, and Justice Hill actually looked solid with his attempts last week, so they may ease Dobbins into this. This run game has been non-existent, and they've been managing without it, so I don't think they're going to be in a big rush to try and force-feed him carries. Um, so I agree with Nick. you got to hold them until you see it. If you're really strapped for an RB option, maybe, but I, I would prefer not to. Uh, from the wide receivers, Rashad Bateman's the only guy that we're looking at this week. Um, I like him with flex level confidence, but uh, I think there's a small chance that he's just a distant number. Actually, not a, scratch that, not a small chance. I think there's a decent chance that he is just a distant number two to Mark Andrews in this offense from the passing perspective. Uh, so I'm just going to throw out a couple names to get a temperature check on Rashad Bateman this week. Uh, Cody, go ahead and rank these guys for me. In a half PPR format, we're going to go Rashad Bateman, Tyler Lockett, uh, Devontae Smith, and Clyde edwards Elair. Yep, so number one, I'm going to go Clyde. Um, I know he's going against Tampa Bay, but I'm not really thinking, worried. I don't value him as much Ooh. as a straight running back. I want it in half point and full point PPR. I want those receiving opportunities. That's where he tends to shine. So Clyde is a surprise number one. Two, I would go Devontae Smith. Um, for one, it's going to be hard to sit him after last week, and I think he just has the highest upside out of these guys here, even including Clyde Smith has a higher upside, but he also has a potential lower floor, which we saw in week one. Rashad Bateman, I would have third. He just has a better quarterback and a better offense than number four. Tyler Lockett, who I don't mind in deep leagues, but I imagine he's going to have some absolute duds with Geno Smith at quarterback. 
Yeah, I think I agree with the way you listed your receivers, but I would put Clyde behind all of them, honestly. And in a half PBR format, I would rather start all three of these receivers than Clyde uh, against that tough Tampa Bay defense. And I'm just not convinced of the uh, the consistency in his passing game involvement, but we will see this weekend. I think I honestly, I like all these wide receiver options too. So that's not quite as much of an indictment on Clyde as it may seem. I think Tyler Lockett against uh, this Detroit secondary that we will get to that has a good number one corner has a good week. Uh, Bateman again in a high scoring game against Buffalo and then Devonta Smith coming off the absolutely huge game against Washington doesn't have a very tough matchup either. So I like all those guys. Uh, Mark Andrews, we are starting, and you're not thinking about it. He's probably the number one tight end for the rest of the year. Chargers so Mark Andrews at... or – no, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Andrews, by the way. It's not Mark. It's not even close. It's Mark Andrews, not for Travis sure. Kelsey. Chargers at the Texans. Uh, the Chargers are favored by five in this one. Over-unders 44. Uh, starting on the Chargers side of things, really need a win this week, by the way. If they lose this game, my goodness. Uh, Justin Herbert, we're absolutely starting. Um, seems like he has, you know, at least mostly recovered from that rib injury. I'm sure he's still experiencing some pain, but seems like he's going to be good to go. Austin Eckler, we're certainly starting him. We're really, really hoping for a bounce back week and some more involvement in the rushing game, but uh, his passing game involvement has been good. Hopefully that holds as well. Uh, wide receiver room, God, uh, this this is looking like one of our worst calls so far this year in Mike Williams. It's it's yeah. really just a honestly, Mike Williams is just who he is, and maybe we should have realized that coming into the year. But it seems like he's just going to live as a low volume uh, boomer bust wide receiver too most weeks. So I you honestly, this type of player is not someone horrible to have and he's useful because he will win you a ton of weeks and that's kind of what we're looking for here in fantasy but he'll dud for you occasionally as well we kind of just know what he is if you have him on your team if we redrafted he probably goes around and a half to two rounds later than he went would you agree with that i think i'd be taking him in the fifth round yeah fifth or sixth round rather than the uh the early fourth or third but Um, he is what he is. He's going to win you some weeks. He's going to lose you a couple weeks. If you have him, you got to start him. Uh, Keenan Allen, he is in your lineup. If he plays, I'm, um, you know, would you, would you start Josh Palmer if Keenan Allen does not play in this one? Or are you just looking at Williams out of the wide receiver core? Um, I mean, I would start Josh Palmer if I needed a flex player. Um, I just think that the amount of volume this offense sees, is uh and i mean the amount of volume josh palmer saw last week i mean mike williams was basically irrelevant so if you need in a half point or full point ppr just streamable flex option well, palmer's probably already rostered so if he's on your roster and you need someone of that caliber i would start him if allen's out but if allen's back then palmer is basically useless in my opinion and then uh, from the tight ends, Gerald Everett. I'd cover, throw him in the low end starter category. I'm gonna rank. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out a few low end tight end uh, starting slash streaming candidates for you. I'm gonna have you rank them for me real quick. Gerald Everett, uh, Dawson Knox, and Tyler Conklin. Cody, who would you start? Yeah. So I took the approaches if I had to lock in my tight end today. Like if these guys may be, may get picked up before I'm able to make a late minute dis, late second decision. I'd go with Everett. There's a chance Keenan Allen doesn't play, and he's had success with um, Justin Herbert, which leads me into number two. I would use Conklin. 
he seems to be involved in this offense, and I'm just curious to see if he is going to be as involved with Zach Wilson throwing the football. And at number three, um, I would have Knox. I'm just not as high on Knox. Bad weather this week, you know, probably just a lower passer passing volume in general, and he's already seen a very small, you know, passing volume so far this year. So he, I would have him at the bottom. Yeah, I understand your thinking there. I think Everett is the clear number one out of those guys for me, uh, especially this week with uh, a banged-up Keenan Allen possibly in the lineup. Uh, Houston side of things, I'm not really as scared to use these options as I would have been maybe at the start of the year against this Chargers defense. Man, they have, they've had a couple big injuries yep. that happened last week against the Jaguars that have me thinking – a lot different about this team in general, namely uh, Joey Bosa on the defensive side of things. He is the most important player to the Los Angeles Chargers on that side of the ball, and he's going to be out for a few weeks. J.C. Jackson also banged up on the uh, Chargers side of the ball. He might play, but again, he's coming off that ankle injury, and we haven't really seen him be completely healthy quite yet. So uh, I'm not entirely you know, convinced he's going to be his shutdown self immediately upon returning. So for Houston... Uh, Davis Mills, we're not really considering him from the quarterback position. He hasn't shown us anything to, uh, you know, merit consideration in fantasy lineups quite yet. But Damian Pierce is the interesting one. I'd call him a solid RB2 this week. The Chargers were horrible against the run last year, and they really have been again this year. And I am not scared to start Damian Pierce in this one at all, even though his team is, you know, five-point dogs at home here. He's mostly a running running back, as it were, doesn't really get involved in the passing game, but I am not scared to start him against this Chargers defense whatsoever. Yep, I agree. Not scared to start him, and if they do go down big, maybe he will uh, start to see some of that passing work, but we will we will see. Man, that would excite me for Damian Pierce if he can get some of that, but oh, we'll, yeah. uh, we'll see how it pans out. Brandon Cooks, uh, he's maybe a slight downgrade if J.C. Jackson ends up going, but like I've said, he, like I said before, he is not Someone, he has not shown himself to be his dominant shutdown self so far this year. So if uh, you know if you have Brandon Cooks, you're you're starting him. I'm not really that worried about it. I think this could be a pretty high scoring game. Yeah, J.C. Jackson got beat by the Chiefs' fourth wide receiver for a long touchdown a couple weeks ago. In case people forgot, so I would not let J.C. Jackson scare you away from Brandon Cooks. And we're not really looking at any tight ends for the uh, Houston Texans just yet. Brevin Jordan's the only guy that's on the radar, but he has not shown any sort of consistent involvement quite yet. Uh, this next game, I'm actually fairly excited about. I think this has sneaky potential to be a real shootout here uh, between the Browns and the Falcons. Uh, we'll start on the Cleveland side of things. Jacoby Brissett himself, not really a fantasy option. Maybe call him a low-end QB2 with a decent matchup, but I think that his good play has just kind of opened things up for the rest of the, uh, the rest of the options on this offense. Namely, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. They are absolutely both starts this week against a weak, uh, a weak Atlanta unit in a game, again, that should see a lot of points. So I'm not worried about starting either one of them. Amari Cooper has worked his way into the low-end wide receiver two category at this point. I mean, if, if he's going to see the kind of target share that he did the last couple weeks, he is going to be super successful. I will say that we saw him play a tough matchup in week one against the Carolina Panthers, and he struggled mightily, and this might be a tough matchup. 
against Atlanta's corner, uh, A.J. Terrell, he tends to shadow against any team's number one. He's very good. So that's this could be maybe a down game for Cooper. But uh, I'm going to give you a couple guys to get you a temperature check on Amari Cooper, and you're going to rank them for me, Cody. Yep. We're going to go Amari Cooper, Rashad Bateman, Terry McLaurin, and in the same game, Kareem Hunt. Yep. So for me, I this is actually a really big change because I was really low on him coming into the season. But number one, I would have Amari Cooper coming off games with a 10 and 11 targets. And the main thing that I just want to point out is, one, it looks like him and Jacoby Brissett have a solid connection. And Jacoby Brissett looks like a solid quarterback in this offense. I mean, I don't know if it's uh, Kevin Stefanski just scheming people wide open or if Brissett's just throwing with the anticipation, but he actually looks pretty solid. So that just has me a lot higher on Cooper than I was coming in. And if he's going to have volume like that, he's going to be good. Uh, number two, I have McLaurin for a very similar reason. Just the targets on his team have been spread around quite a bit more than Amari Cooper's has. So um, I do think McLaurin's the most talented receiver on that team. He's the deep threat on that team and could score a bomb touchdown any given week. Um, but I do think there is a little bit of a bust uh, possibility with McLaurin that I think is just a little bit smaller with Cooper. And then number three, Kareem Hunt, just more guaranteed targets than number four, Rashad Bateman. I don't want to sound like I'm anti-Bateman. I think all four of these options are solid. It's just he's getting a small piece of Lamar's passing pie that's already relatively small. So it just has me has me a little bit nervous on Bateman. Yeah, I uh, I think I concur with uh, you, what you said there on those guys. Uh, I think Cooper's involvement has been pretty impressive, especially the last couple of weeks. So I'm, I'm definitely into starting him, even with the slightly tough matchup. David Njoku, I would put him in the low end starting category as well. Uh, he his you know last week's involvement was incredible. I'm not expecting that quite again, but if he can get five or six targets against this weak Atlanta defense, he's definitely worth a you know start as a tight end in the ten to twelve range for the the, the Browns here. Yeah, he's probably the second best like just true pass catching option on this team. So if he's if he gets half the work that he did last week, you're going to be happy with David and Joku just about every single week. So uh, it was good to see him kind of probably hit his ceiling last week. Gives you a little bit more confidence moving forward now. On the Atlanta side, uh, Marcus Mariota is kind of the only guy that I have really any question about here. Um, I think he finds himself in the streaming territory for even one quarterback leagues. I'm going to throw out a couple guys that might be starters for some people in uh, deeper leagues and see how you feel about Mariota this week. Would you rather start Marcus Mariota, uh, Matthew Stafford, or Kirk Cousins? All right. So for this one, I think Cousins is a clear just step above Stafford and Mariota. I think just Mariota's ceiling is, is relatively capped and Stafford has a tough matchup. So Cousins is a clear one. Number two, I'm just going to put Stafford there. I think that he is just the way better quarterback. And But I don't know. That, that matchup with the 49ers is tough. So I'm going to put Stafford two, Mariota three. But if you want to put Mariota two, Stafford three, I'd understand. But I still think Cousins is a clear number one out of those three. Honestly, I would start Mariota. I, I am scared of the Cousins matchup against New Orleans. I feel like that's a game that's going to be 20-17, to 17, and if Cousins doesn't get both of those touchdowns, he's going to have a rough day. I could see Mariota really having a 
good performance against this Cleveland defense that has not shown me much to say that it is even good to this point in the year. They were, you know, kind of worked over by the Pittsburgh offense in the first half of that game. They fell off in the second half, but I, I don't have any faith in Mitch Trubisky at all. I, I think Marcus Mariota, this offense has looked pretty good. I think he can, you know, he has the potential to put up 28 points in this game and score two to three touchdowns. So I would go Mariota. Yeah, before um, before we move on, I do want to ask you, have you seen any update on Miles Garrett at all? Uh, I actually saw that he is he has a chance to play this Sunday after getting okay. into that car accident yeah. uh, over the weekend. I don't know if we addressed that at any of our shows, but he got into did, a man. he got into a minor car accident. There is <laughs> online debate as to whether the story that he told is true because of some past incidents that he has had uh, as far as driving quickly, but. Uh, Miles Garrett seems like he is going to be okay long-term and might even play this weekend, so that's big for the Cleveland defense. But they really haven't been very good even with him in the lineup, so I'm not that scared of them. Um, running backs for uh, Atlanta, Cordero Patterson, we're absolutely starting him. He is uh, in, on the injury report. He did not practice on Thursday, so watch that. I mentioned that earlier, uh, but it, it was listed as a rest day, so I'm, I'm guessing Cordero's going to be fine. <laughs> exactly yeah he's a 31 year old running back uh, the rest day makes sense uh drake london he's in the wide receiver two tier i'm absolutely starting him i am so happy to have him in our dynasty league he's going to be a great keeper for years to come yeah. thank you uh bass nick for drafting drake london uh kyle pitts he is a starter um i'm not necessarily incredibly excited with the way he's performed so far this year but again he's a tight end and he's very good so you have to put him in your lineup if you got him Washington at Dallas. Dallas favored by three points in this one, over under 41 and a half, kind of a gross over under there. Uh, starting on the Washington side, I think this is where a lot of the sits are going to come. Carson Wentz, I'm completely avoiding him. This is a tough matchup that Giants, or excuse me, that uh, Cowboys pass rush looks incredible this year. Alana's going to kill me for that one, but I would call Carson Wentz a low end QB2 this week. I'm avoiding him as a streamer. Antonio Gibson. I think you got to start him as a low-end RB2. Not excited to start him, but uh, he's just going to see too much work to go away from, especially with how bad the RB position looks right now. I'm going to give you a few names, Cody. Go ahead and rank them for me. We're going to go Antonio Gibson, Miles Sanders, A.J. Dillon, and Devonta Smith. Yeah, so I think all four of these guys should be started in the majority of leagues. Just want to put that out there. But number one, I would have Miles Sanders. Uh I think he has the best rushing offense. That offensive line in Philly looks amazing. And he got the clear RB1 workload last week. So I know it was a little bit disappointing. He didn't get in the end zone. But if you're going to tell me he gets 15 carries behind that offensive line every week, I think he is a smash play. Next one, A.J. Dillon. Um, I think he just has the most guaranteed touches out of these other three guys. Gibson may out carry him, but he just may not get as many valuable carries uh so i like dylan number two but him and number three Devonte smith are kind of interchangeable for me i think dylan's a little bit safer i think uh smith would be the high the high ceiling play there and then number four i'd have gibson again he's definitely a startable candidate but here's one thing i think dallas's pass rush was it looked all right last week and wentz has a bad issue of just standing in the pocket way too long and getting sacked and if they're behind on each down, Gibson just becomes less valuable to the team and McKissick gets more involved. So I do think Gibson is startable, but there's definitely a way where Gibson can get somewhat phased out of the offense, which is a little concerning to me. 
Terry McLaurin, um, he finds himself in the boom bust wide receiver two category. Um, I, you know, don't have a ton of confidence starting him this week in the tough matchup against this Cowboys defense, but Cody, I'm going to give you a few more names to go over here to see how you're feeling about Terry. Uh, we're going to go Terry McLaurin, Chris Olave, DJ Moore, and Clyde Edwards E. Lair. He seems to be kind of the bar in our flex value this week. Yep, so uh, I'm obviously higher than Clyde, so I think we're going to have to differ a little bit on this one, but I'd go Clyde, McLaurin, no, <laughs> I'd go Olave, McLaurin, Clyde, and then say, DJ Moore. <laughs> um, so yeah, one Olave, two McLaurin, three Clyde, four DJ Moore out of those names. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, I'd probably, again, I'd probably play more of Clyde, but not a strong preference. So the, I agree on the the one-two for sure. Olave uh, way ahead of the rest of the pack. We absolutely love him the rest of the year. Curtis Samuel, I'd probably take him over uh, Terry McLaurin in a full PPR in a half or a non situation. I would still play Terry, but uh, the, the target volume for Samuel and just kind of the the nature of the targets that he is getting guarantees him more receptions than Terry uh, to this point in the year. We're going to go same for Samuel. Um, would you move any of your you know, options there as far as Olave, McLaurin? You, you went Olave, McLaurin, Clyde, DJ Moore before. Would you change that base if you changed each, uh, Terry McLaurin out with Chris So Samuel? I do have it listed a little bit as a change. I'd still have Olave 1, and then I'd have Clyde and Samuel as kind of a 2A, 2B. I think both of those guys are pretty on pretty much on the same level for me. Uh, but whenever I was making the list, the bias did come out quite a bit, so I put Clyde in front of him. And then number four, I'd still have DJ Moore. Uh, again, to me, just DJ Moore's off my – I don't have him, so I don't have to make like the actual decision to sit him. So it's easier for me to say it, but I just have no faith in Baker Mayfield, which we'll get into later. But uh, I think Samuel, a little bit lower than McLaurin, kind of on that same level as Clyde, ultimately. And then Jahan Dotson, I'd put him a half tier below McLaurin and Samuel, but still definitely a startable asset. Uh, we'll give a few more names here for you to uh, give a temperature check on Dotson this week. Uh, Dotson, uh, Romeo Dubs, or Travis Etienne, uh, excuse me, Travis Etienne or Zay Jones, his teammate. So all four of those guys. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so one, and all of these guys are you know, pretty low confidence, I would say, but I'd say, I guess I have the highest in Romeo Dobbs, uh, coming off on eight for week, eight week from Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers loves things like that. So I would imagine if he was a free agent in a fab league, you spent up to go get him. So you probably plan on playing him this week. Uh, number two, I would have Dobson. Uh, if they go down and they're throwing the ball from the, you know, halfway through the second quarter, through the rest of the game, then he's going to get a lot of options and be, or a lot of opportunities and should be valuable. Number three, I'm going to do kind of another 3A, 3B and kind of cheap out of this one, just because Zay Jones kind of had that injury after practice, uh, I believe yesterday, Wednesday. With that, I just, I would have loved to have played him in a PPR or half point PPR league this week, but now I'm just really iffy about it. And then ETN, I mean, in a flex PPR option, I'd consider it, but I think he's just a low-end flex option for me. Uh, Nick, I'm so glad that you picked up Drake London as well, so that way you don't have to worry about keeping ETN for another year. 
Yeah, uh, me too. Honestly, me too. So, <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> fortunately, relying on another James Robinson injury for that ETN share to have any sort of value. But um, I am probably on board with you with that list. Honestly, I think you you kind of nailed it there. Logan Thomas, we're calling him a low end streamer, but I'm probably trying to avoid him this week again with the tough matchup against Dallas. Dallas, start their defense, please. Start their defense. They're they're going to have at least five sacks in this one. Uh, Cooper Rush, I think, is a decent quarterback, too. I'd start him over Carson Wentz in uh, a super flex or two-quarterback league. Uh, running backs, Ezekiel Elliott, I'd call him a back-end RB, two. I think this is almost a 50-50 split with him and Pollard. Would you rather have Zeke or Pollard rest of your Cody? I think I'm going to go with Zeke. Um, I, I think as long as he gets the goal line carries, he's ultimately going to be the more valuable running back out of the two. But if I was the Cowboys GM and I was asked who I would give the ball more to, I think that would be Tony Pollard. I just don't know if the Cowboys have uh, the stones to do so. Yeah, I I agree with your sentiment there, but I think I would take Pollard, honestly, just because I I think if Elliott got hurt, then Pollard would be more valuable than if Pollard got hurt. You know, like Elliot would be less valuable than Pollard yeah. would be if he was the only guy. So I think that's why I'd take Pollard just for the upside Honestly, there Zeke in case that Pollard happens. To get him down the field so Z can fall into the end zone. <laughs> so. Exactly. Yeah. I'd, Pollard's just looked like the way more explosive player and has oh, well, uh, the league winning potential more than Zeke. So that's why I would take him. Yep. And I think if he can swing a trade that involves. You know, you getting Pollard back for Zeke and getting some assets, I'd probably take it. Uh, C.D. Lamb, he's a start. Cooper Rush is pretty good. So you uh, you don't have to feel scared about starting Lamb if uh, Rush is in. And he has hyper-targeted Lamb so far this year. That's the other thing that we really like to see. He's really focused his targets to Lamb and uh, Noah Brown so far. Dalton Schultz, I'm really not looking his way uh, until I see him play uh, with a healthy knee. He His injury, I think... Should take a little bit longer than the, the the Cowboys have really said it will to this point. So I'm just avoiding Schultz until I see it, unless he you know sits out a while and then comes in with full practice reports all the way through. So I'm I'm just looking elsewhere, tight end. Yeah, luckily with Schultz, he did go out in a week where a couple of tight ends emerged like Higby and Everett. So you probably went out and paid up for one of those other guys, so you have the ability to sit him out again, but. If you're only other options, like a really low-end streamer, I may just put Schultz in and bank for maybe a touchdown, but that would be the only situation I'd find myself considering to start Schultz this week. Uh, Seattle at Detroit. Uh, Detroit favored by four points in this one. Over-unders 48. Cody, smash that over. Absolutely smash that over. It is going to easily get to 50 points in this one. I'm personally guaranteeing it right now. That will be on the best bet show. We're going to go ahead and start with Seattle here. Uh, Geno Smith, I'd probably even consider him as a low-end QB2, usually not finding himself on the radar at all, but uh, this is going to be a game with a lot of points, and Detroit is not very good at defense. Uh, For Rashad Penny, he is a solid RB2 play this week. Uh, Again, this is kind of a similar thinking. The Detroit does not have a very good run defense in particular, and uh, there should be a lot of scoring here, and I want a piece of it. And I think Rashad Penny is probably the most likely piece on this offense to have uh, a touchdown. And, you know, I think I would bet on the over on a .5 uh, touchdown prop for Rashad Penny in this one. 
Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think he's going to be valuable. As I pointed out earlier, Travis Homer uh, went down with an injury. So hopefully Rashad Penny will get some of the passing game work. And I think he should be pretty valuable this week. And like Nick said, I I agree. I think the over is 100% possible in this game. And Rashad Penny will, I mean, I agree. Getting in the end zone, that's definitely a good prop bet to throw out there as well. So uh, I think Rashad Penny's a, I don't know if I'd, RB2, yeah, but I'd probably play him with more flex-level confidence if I'm being completely honest. Yeah, that's fair. I just really like the uh, the game script here for Penny. I think it's going sure. to lead to uh, a lot of opportunities. He really has that home run ability, too. I feel like he'll break off a few pretty big runs. On the wide receiver side, DK Metcalf's a start as a low-end wide receiver, too. Jeff Okuda, though, to this point in the year, has been really good. He was a top-five pick for Detroit a couple years ago. He's been hurt a lot in his career, so he really has not shown any of that ability on the NFL field. But he has been fantastic to start this year so far. Shut down Justin Jefferson last week. So um, if he has a great week against DK Metcalf, we are seriously going to need to start considering Jeff Okuda a matchup problem but uh, i'm gonna give dk metcalf the benefit of the doubt here for one more week tyler lockett i'd call the wide receiver three but again this is kind of one of those situations where you might have a target funnel to the number two guy with a number uh, a shutdown number one corner so i think lockett is a very very interesting wide receiver three and i would you know i'd play him with more confidence than i would most weeks anything else on seattle cody no, I just want to point out Geno Smith's been a pretty solid quarterback, and these passing options have some value finally, so that's good. Um, if you can get something valuable for DK Metcalf, I would definitely consider moving off of him because I think he's going to be more in that Mike Williams boom-bust uh, category for the majority of the season. But besides that, I don't have much else to add. On the Detroit side, I really like Jared Goff this week. I The only complication is that St. Brown injury. It definitely dings his confidence, uh, excuse me, dings my confidence in him if St. Brown is not Probably in there. Probably his confidence too. <laughs> I, it should. St. Brown is really good, and there's not a lot of good wide receivers in that room right now that are healthy, so... Um, if he's not in there, I'm definitely less confident playing golf. Uh, I'd probably, you know, avoid starting him over the Wilsons, the Brady's and, you know, the cousins is if, uh, St. Brown's not out there. Jamal Williams, he's an absolute smash play against a really bad defense and he should get pretty much all the work here. Craig Reynolds will probably split early down work with him to some degree, but Jamal will get a lot of it and will get the third down work as well. So he's in there. He's a top 12 play. Uh, again, St. Brown, we just talked about it. He's playing if you're a, you're playing him if he's in, but it unfortunately looks like he won't be playing, and that makes DJ Chark an interesting pivot if St. Brown misses. Uh, again, this is probably a deep lead consideration because it could be a number of guys that step up here. Chark, the most likely option, but not a guarantee. Uh, I have a few interesting considerations here for you, Cody. Would you go DJ Chark? This is, again, this is, ex- this is assuming that St. Brown is out. Would you go DJ Chark? Isaiah McKenzie, or Allen Robinson against the Niners? Yep, so again, if St. Brown is out, I think Chark's going to be number one on that list for me just based on pure need. There's not a lot of talent in this wide receiver room. Uh, next up would be Josh Reynolds, so I think uh, he could get some some big plays in this game. And then McKenzie and Robinson are pretty interchangeable for me. I think they're both in that boom-bust flex category. Uh, the issue with Robinson, he doesn't get enough targets. The issue with McKenzie limited target share as well as going to maybe playing in some pretty heavy winds uh, and just bad weather in general. So I'd probably lean Robinson two, McKenzie three, but 
you know, if the weather was fine, I would maybe flip them around. So not too much of a difference there. Uh, on the tight end side of things, TJ Hawkinson, you're starting him if you have him, most likely. Uh, he's a smash play if St. Brown sits, but uh, probably a low-end starter if he doesn't. Yep, I, uh, I rambled. I got I got one I'm going to throw back to you about DJ Chark. Would you do DJ Chark or Alan Lazard? This is assuming St. Brown does not play? Yes, of course. I would go DJ Chark. I, I think Alan Lazard's downside in that game against New England is an absolute nil. I just don't think that Aaron Rodgers is going to have to do much with Brian Hoyer playing against that defense in Lambeau. So I would avoid those Packers options. We'll get to that later, but yep. I'm going to go DJ Chark. Sounds good. Uh, next game, Bears at Giants. This game is going to be a quick one. Giants favored by three. Over-under is a disgustingly low 39 points. Um, on the Bears side, no, you're not considering Justin Fields uh, in any format whatsoever. Clear Herbert, you are absolutely considering him because you're putting him in your RB1 slot. Uh, assuming David Montgomery is out, again, you're going to want to watch that. If David Montgomery plays, just... Just don't play David Montgomery. Please make this situation more clear than it needs to be. But I'd put them both in flex level category if, if David Montgomery plays. But if if it goes as expected, clear Herbert's the only guy. He's a smash play. No wide receivers worth considering. No tight ends worth considering. Cody, anything to add on the Bears? Absolutely not. Let's let's not waste any more time on them. <laughs> the Giants. Uh, Daniel Jones, I'd barely consider him in a 2QB format. He does run quite a bit, so you could probably do worse. Cody, unfortunately, in the show doc, it says that you have to play Jones in a 2QB. Oh, Trey Lance. I'm so, so sorry for you. That is disgusting, but um, he does run the ball, so at least you can take solace in that. Yep, I miss you, Trey Lance. <laughs> I actually had Trey Lance in a two QB league as well. So I, I feel your pain there, Cody. I'm starting Jared Goff this week, which it says you didn't put in a big enough bid for him. So yep. luckily I did. Um, Saquon Barkley. Uh, so this is this, these games are kind of funny because they're almost exact mirrors of each other, but Saquon Barkley, you are uh, absolutely starting him. He's in your lineup as an RB one. Richie James for the wide receivers is the only guy I'm considering. That's in a very, very deep PPR situation. Uh, we are really trying to avoid anybody on this team from the wide receiver position that we can. Stash, Tony, and or Wandale, whoever you like more. Uh, and then Daniel Bellinger. First time this has not been a joke, Cody. I actually <laughs> think there is a chance. There is a chance he is a streaming category in the streaming category at some point this year. And I will be really proud of myself because, again, this started out as a joke, but this Daniel Bellinger segment is going to continue all year long. Don't worry. Yep, I uh, I agree. He's on the radar for sure, definitely involved. Um, and then that wide receiver room, I I don't know. Tony, get healthy, and Giants involve him more. And then Wandale, definitely hold. And Richie James, I would prefer to stash as well. But if you had to start someone this week, I guess it'd be him. But very very low confidence out of all these pass catchers which is why it sucks to have to be starting daniel jones but i think cooper rush is out there would you play cooper rush over daniel jones i'm assuming 100 percent. all right i might make that move tonight then when we log off of here because i was thinking about that already but yeah all right cool jacksonville at philadelphia uh this is actually a very interesting game this week this is kind of one of those weeks if Jacksonville shows out I mean this this team is going to be very very for real (laughs) it is this is the this is one of the toughest matchups they could have so that's that's why I'm happy that they're having it because we'll really see what they're about here in this one uh Philadelphia favored by six and a half over unders 45 and a half I think it 
it says a lot about Jacksonville that they're only They'll six and a half point bets. dogs on the road at Philadelphia uh, in a really tough environment. So six and a half point dogs. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm coming around on Jacksonville a little bit here. Jacksonville side of things. Uh, we're still going to be avoiding most of these options just because this is a tough matchup. Um, and you don't want to run them out there against the best in the NFL and, you know, possibly dud yourself. Uh, that's going to include Trevor Lawrence. I'm trying to avoid. He's obviously a starter in a two QB situation, but he's uh, just a stash on your bench for now for one quarterback leagues. Uh, for running back, James Robinson, you're still starting him, even with the tough matchup. He's going to, you know, get the work on early downs and has just been too good to sit to this point. And then uh, Travis Etienne. Uh, as a PPR flex, but I'm hoping you have better options, honestly. I would try to sit him in this tough matchup with Philadelphia. Uh, anything you want to add on Lawrence or the running backs? Um, I just want to throw out there, I am starting Lawrence in a couple leagues this week. I wish it wasn't against Philadelphia, but just limited options. Um, I think rest of season, I'm really high on Trevor Lawrence. I think the Doug Peterson offense looks good. He looks good. The options look good. It's just, it's a good combination down there. And, uh, if he's out there on your waiver wire and you're streaming a quarterback, I think he's definitely worth a stash. But on the running back side, I basically agree with you. I think James Robinson can be considered a sell-high candidate um, unless you think he's going to maintain, but his value is probably pretty high right now on the trade market, so you could probably get someone that may be uh, more consistent on a consistent long basis. So that may be something you want to look into, especially if he has a decent week against the Eagles. Yeah, 100%. Uh, Christian Kirk, we're starting on the wide receiver side of things. Uh, I don't care if it's a tough matchup. He's looked too good for you to put him on your bench. Zay Jones, uh, a good bench stash. I'm probably staying away from him this week against a, a tough matchup and uh, because of the fact that he popped up on the injury report. Evan Ingram, he's firmly in the streaming category. Again, this is a guy that has a tough matchup, so you probably want to lean somewhere else this week, but uh, he's someone to monitor if you are streaming tight ends week to week. Anything else on the Jaguars, Cody? Yeah, just one thing on Evan Ingram. If you think that it's going to be a tough matchup and Philly could potentially win by double digits, then the Jaguars should be throwing, which will uh, give Ingram some potential fourth quarter um, you know, bonus there. So if you have a low streaming flex option and Ingram's out there, I don't mind him this week in this matchup. Even though it is tough, it just may be a pass-heavy a pass heavy, uh, fourth quarter for the Jaguars. On the Philly side of things, we're starting Jalen Hurts. Uh, Miles Sanders is a low-end RB2. You're probably starting him as well. Uh, for the wide receivers, A.J. Brown, absolutely in your lineup. Devonta Smith, I wouldn't call a smash play just yet, but I would be very hard-pressed to sit him after his huge week last week uh, against Washington. Admittedly, an easy matchup, but again, this Jacksonville secondary hasn't shown me anything to be scared of quite yet. Uh, do you disagree on uh, starting Devonta Smith, or would you put him in your lineup? No, I I think it would be really hard to sit Devonta Smith, but I am gonna say he's probably on the high end of the boom bust flex category. Um, again, he's anywhere from a second to a third option uh, in a Jalen Hurts passing pie, which has looked good through three weeks, but we will see if they're able to maintain that. Um, so I think with AJ Brown as that, as the clear wide receiver one on this team, he's still going to always kind of be somewhat boom bust. Um, but if, if you either paid up for him to get him off the waiver wire, you have him on your roster. I think he's a fine flex play. Uh, and then Dallas got it. We're absolutely starting him as well. For sure. Uh, 
The Cardinals at the Panthers. Panthers favored by one and a half somehow. I don't know why, but they are favored by one and a half in this game. Over-unders 43 and a half. The Cardinals Starting suck. out, uh, <laughs> so do the Panthers, Cody. So yeah. do the yeah, Panthers. Right. <laughs> uh, starting on the Cardinals side of things, uh, Kyler Murray. We're playing him if you drafted him. Uh, this isn't a, a great matchup per se. The Panthers' defense has been pretty good so far this year, but they really haven't played any quarterbacks so far. They played Brissett in Week 1, Mayfield in Week 2. Uh, no, excuse me, uh, Daniel Jones in Week 2, and then Jameis in Week 3. So I, I think Kyler Murray is going to be the highest quality of quarterback they've played so far. Uh, I think he's in the low-end QB1 category. James yep. Conner. I, I think he's an absolute must-start if he goes. He's just gotten too much work so far this year, and if you drafted him where you drafted him, it's hard to imagine you have better options at the running back position. Uh, sure. Wide receiver side, uh, Hollywood Brown, I think, is an absolute start if you have him. The target volume is just too enticing to this point. Uh, I don't see how you could go away from 17 targets from last week. Uh, Rondale Moore and Greg Dortch are the two slot guys here. Greg Dortch has been the one getting the work so far, but I think with Rondale Moore coming back into the fold, you have to avoid both of them and just kind of see how this thing plays out moving forward. Uh, I'm assuming there's going to be somewhat of a split here, and if that's the case, then both of their values are probably going to be in the, uh, the tank for this one, unfortunately. Uh, would you disagree on anything I said about the receivers? No, I just I would if you had one or the other, I'd rather have more rest of season. I think he'll probably claim his spot as the slot guy back eventually. Hundred percent agree with that. Yep. Rest of season, no question. Uh, Zach Ertz is a starter. He's just in that low end starting category until Hopkins comes back, and then we'll reevaluate. On the Panthers side, Baker Mayfield, we're not even looking at even in a two quarterback situation. He's shown us nothing to uh, say that we should. CMC, again, we're watching to see if he plays. I I don't even know if I'm pivoting to Chubba Hubbard if he doesn't, if CMC sits. Honestly, I just don't know what to expect from this Carolina backfield with Deonta Foreman in the fold now. So I think if CMC sits, I'm just stashing one of those guys, whoever I like more, and then hoping. But um, starting him if he plays, obviously. Uh, DJ Moore, I would... I would agree. I'd prefer not to start him here, Cody. I see that you say that here. I'm I'm not really into it. I mean, he's going to be shadowed by Byron Murphy, and that has not really worked out well for a few better wide receivers than him so far. But at the same time, squeaky wheel gets the grease a lot of the time in the NFL world, so they could scheme up a couple plays for him. Uh, that's really the only way I can talk myself into playing DJ Moore, though. And then the rest of the options I'm not even looking at. Yep, I agree with everything you said, actually. When I was making this part of the show, Doc, I forgot about Deontay Foreman. So um, that makes it even kind of tougher because you could go out there and pick up Chuba Hubbard, but he may not even be the number one guy if uh, CMC were to go down. So I'm glad you pointed that out. And then I've I've already griped enough about DJ Moore. Like, he's boom bust. I get it if you have to play him, but if it's me, I would try to avoid it. Denver at Las Vegas. Las Vegas favored by two and a half points. That seems like a hometown bias to me, but that's uh, that's all I'll say about that. Over-under is 45 and a half. That may make our way into the best best segments later this week. Starting with Denver, Russell Wilson. I would call him a low-end starter this week. Uh, Las Vegas has been fairly average to start the year on defense, maybe below average even. Um, so I think this is an exploitable matchup for Russell Wilson, and I don't think his defense is going to bail him out completely in this one, so he's going to have to throw the ball a little bit. I think you can uh, throw him in there in the low-end starter category. 
Um, I'm more confident in Javante Williams than I am Melvin Gordon based on ability, but I think they'll both get work, and I think they're both startable assets, uh, honestly, in this one. Um, hopefully, Williams separates himself at some point in the year, but I think for now you kind of have to expect that they'll both be pretty involved, and you know, what the, the one that scores the touchdown is probably going to be the one that you like, but who knows who that's going to be. Yep. And on the wide receivers, Cortland Sutton, he is the clear number one right now, and I think you're starting him no matter what. Judy is a startable asset, more of a flex play. I, I, I really like the talent here, and I just think that his ability meshes mesh with meshes with Rush. Russ, oh my God. Let me start that sentence over, Cody. I'm yeah, going to take good. one more try at that. Jerry Judy is a startable asset. He's a flex player, and I think that he his ability meshes with Russell Wilson much better than it has so far in this year. He can hit that deep ball. My God, if they would have connected on that one against San Francisco last week, it was inches from a 75-yard touchdown. His outlook would look so much better, but I, I really do like Judy rest of year. I think uh, his talent will shine through at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, and then we're, yeah, we're not looking at the tight ends at all. Do you have anything else in Denver? No, I, I, I agree with most of everything that you just said. I'm probably still a little bit higher on Judy. I feel like you said, if he hits that 75 yard TD this week, we're talking about him as a must start player. So, um, inches Cody. Yeah. Inches. And that was a guy that the, uh, the, the chiefs let walk and, uh, the 49ers Yeah. So that's, yeah. that one stings even a little bit more Thanks for, for me. that one. Yep. Appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Um, <laughs> is this one going to make Las Vegas is this side? game making the best bets because you're betting the under, or are you going to go going to go ballsy and go oh, I'm over? Going Denver, Denver plus two and a half. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> Vegas is not a very good team. Fair enough. Um, yeah. On the Vegas side, Derek Carr, I'm avoiding. Uh, I don't like the matchup against Denver. I think the uh, the edge rushers against uh, Oakland's tackles is excuse me. I I keep doing that. Las Vegas' tackles is not a matchup that they're going to win, and that's going to make it hard on Carr to have a good day. Uh, but Josh Jacobs, I love in this one. I think that Denver's defense is going to end up being kind of a run funnel at the end of the year. Uh, you're going to see that their secondary is going to force teams to run the ball, and they really haven't been that good at stopping the run so far on a per carry basis. So uh, I like Josh Jacobs to score in this one. And uh, on the wide receivers, Devontae Adams, we're starting. I I have concerns, though. Honestly, I think uh, being shadowed by Pat Sertan is a very, very tough challenge. He is one of the best two or three corners in the NFL, in my yep. opinion, a possibly biased one, but he is incredible at uh, you know just covering those guys one-on-one -on, -one on the outside, and he will shadow Devontae Adams. He has shadowed in every game so far this year, uh, besides the San Francisco matchup, but it's just impossible to shadow against San Francisco because Debo's their one, but he lines up in the backfield all the time, so... You know, sure. Anyway, he will be on Devontae Adams basically every snap. Matt Collins and run to Renfro. Um, I think we're only looking at Hollins if Renfro is out. And then yep. if Renfro is in, I'm not considering him because you know you just don't want to start a guy coming off the concussion. It just, he hasn't even practiced yet, so I, I would assume he's not going to play. And Hollins finds himself as a flex uh, option, especially because Devontae has the tough matchup. And then you're starting Darren Waller. Yeah, for sure. Um I agree with you. That's a good point on Devontae Adams. As an anti-Broncos opinionist, I would say uh, Pat Zertan definitely finds himself among the top cornerbacks. So that was a good point to bring up. Uh, Devontae Adams probably probably a couple spots lower than where he would normally be this week. But, yeah, that's 11 or 12 instead of 5 or 6. So right. he's still in, oh, your, in your lineup. Yeah. yeah. 
Patriots at Packers. Green Bay favored by 9.5 in this one. Over-under is 40.5. If you just try to do a little quick math in your head, uh, yes, New England is not projected to score a lot of points this week, so we want to avoid their options for the most part. Uh, if you're 10-point uh, dogs in a game that only has 40 projected points, that does not bode well for your offense. Um, we're not looking at Brian Hoyer. He will be the starter this week no matter what Mac Jones says to the media. Uh, Stevenson and Harris are both flex options. I, I still lean slightly more to Harris just because I believe he will be the guy on the ground, but I don't have a strong preference. Um, and again, they're both just in that flex territory. If you have better options, I would look that way. But uh, anything you want to add on the running backs here? No, I'm, I'm good. I, I don't mind them, but um, ultimately their ceilings are just going to be limited for with Brian Hoyer being the quarterback. So. If you need a, especially a player, this one week. of these two are probably a good option. Yeah, especially this week against Green Bay on the road. Just a tough, tough matchup for this Patriots uh, Patriots offense with their uh, backup quarterback. And we're not even looking at any of the wide receiver or tight end options this week either on the Patriots side. For the Packers, uh, Aaron Rodgers. This this matchup does this is just this is exactly what you don't want for your fantasy quarterback. You have a matchup here against a really good defense where your team is favored by a lot. So essentially what this means is that Rodgers is not going to have to do much, most likely. And uh, that means that this team is going to lean on their running backs. And, you know, if they open up a couple score lead in the second half and Rodgers hasn't done much, there's a very low likelihood that they're going to have him air it out. So uh, I'm not really in on Rodgers this week. I understand that if he's your starter, you probably got to play him, but um, I'd be trying to pivot if I could. I'd play golf over him personally. Ooh, I would not go that far. I especially if St. Brown's out, I would definitely start Rogers over golf. Um, you know, one thing Aaron Rodgers loves to do is he just he loves to run up, you know, four four or five touchdown games against bad opponents. And I don't think the Pats are necessarily a bad opponent. I think the defense is solid. But I think that this may just be a really bad week for the Patriots. I mean they are just um, Mac Mac Jones is out and Brian Hoyer's in, so I just I feel like this team may come into this week a little bit deflated, and Aaron Rodgers may just have one of his Aaron Rodgers kind of days. So um, I would not go as low as golf. I don't think I would go Kirk Cousins either. I don't think I'd go Russ, but I probably would go Brady over Rodgers. Um, any other key names you want to throw out there? Yeah, I would put Rodgers behind all of them. Honestly, the Oof. ones that you just listed, I am just, I just really believe in the game script that we're going to see fair. out of the uh, I, I understand land that here. side of it, but I, I don't know. I think that there's a chance that he has just a big game, just and the the pack or Patriots defense just doesn't doesn't look up to par with them. Uh, for the running back room, um, I think we're starting both Jones and Dylan. Jones as a low-end RB1 and Dylan as a flex, maybe even a low-end RB2 in this one. Um, I We like them both. They're going to have to rely on them again all year, and in this one they should be up uh, because of the, the back of quarterback situation especially. So we, we expect both of them to get a lot of work. Uh, Romeo Dobbs is going to be an interesting case study. I think this is kind of a tr this is kind of a tough week for him because I, I don't know how much you can glean. Even if he has a bad week, I'm not going to be necessarily concerned. Again, I just don't know how much the passing game is going to have to do. One of our very very loyal listeners uh, paid a big sum for Romeo Dobbs in a league. And uh, I think it might work out long term. Honestly, I'm, I'm the jury's still out a little bit on that one, but I think this week could be a little bit tough for Romeo. 
Yeah, actually, uh, former he was formerly on this podcast at one point. So go back through the episodes, and you can find out who that person may have been. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, he. Uh, I I don't mind it. I I don't mind the Romeo Dubs play. But if you expect the game script that Nick is expecting, then I would sit Dubs. If you think there's a chance that Rodgers kind of just beats up on a down Patriots team, which I'm kind, I'm not expecting, but I could see it being possible, then Romeo Dubs may be a boom bust flex option. But um, if you if it's possible, I would probably try to try to wait out a week and see, wait wait for him to have a better matchup than the Patriots. And I would put Lazard basically in the same category as Dobbs at this point. I think they're very similar options uh, in this game. Just kind of low target volume. You're sort of hoping for a touchdown. And same with Robert Tunyon. I think he's a streamable asset. Good offense, has a chance for a score. But, again, that's sort of what you're looking for for streamable tight ends. Yep, I agree with those. Chiefs at uh, the Buccaneers. We will see where this game is going to be played later in this week. That will be determined later on. Uh, the cleanup efforts in Tampa have already gotten underway, so it, it may still be in it, Tampa Bay, but we'll the see. The update came. It, it should be in Tampa Bay. It would have to be a really okay. large setback for them to have to move it at this point. They have it pretty much set for Tampa Bay. As of now, this game is set at a pick 'em. Uh, it's over under is forty six. Both teams uh, that that is pretty unique in today's age in the NFL. You don't really see those very often, so this should be a fun game. Starting on the Chiefs side, uh, we're obviously starting Patrick Mahomes. Ceh, uh, I I would uh, call him more of a flex play myself against this tough Tampa run D and the fact that he has been splitting touches with his other backfield mates so far. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's a flex option. If you have him, you probably are starting him because, uh, again, he's been so good to start this year. It's going to be hard to move off of him. Um, on the wide receiver room, we have a few options here that are kind of lumped into the same category. Uh, Juju, MBS, and Hardman. Uh, Juju is the guy that I would be starting out of this room. But again, uh, this is going to be one of those situations with KC that we don't know who's going to be the guy week to week. So I'm not starting with a ton of confidence, but Juju would be my guy. Yeah, if you're entering a DFS tournament, then McColl and MVS are potential just low-budget material there that could potentially have a bomb touchdown. But I think in season-long fantasy, MVS and McColl Hardman are almost invaluable at this point because they haven't had much boom weeks through the first couple weeks, and this Chiefs offense looks... I mean, dare I say a little stagnant. So I think those two are kind of just off the table for me. And then in deep leagues, especially PPR, I'd consider Juju. But temper expectations, if he doesn't get targeted a bunch or doesn't get in the end zone, he's definitely uh, definitely in the cards for him to get a have a dud week. So I just, yeah, most wide receiver room, wide receiver room kind of sucks because you have one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL and you really only feel comfortable starting one of his pass catching options. And it's not a wide receiver. So that's just that rough is, for fantasy players. That is Travis Kelsey, and we are absolutely starting him at the tight end position. Of course. Uh, on the Tampa Bay side, Tom Brady. Uh, I'm okay putting him in your lineup as a low-end QB1 this week. He has Mike Evans back, and if he gets one of his other two uh, main options back, be it Julio or Chris Godwin, I'm a lot more confident in him. But Same even here. if he just has the one, I think he'll be all right in a game that should have a decent amount of points. Uh, Leonard Fournette, he is absolutely a start this week. Casey's run D has actually been pretty darn good to start the year, but um, 
you know, it hasn't been in years past, and I'm not sure how predictive that is of future events, although they did hold Jonathan Taylor to under four yards of carry. That's pretty impressive to do that, um, you know, in any situation, especially on the road. So we'll see how Lenny does, but he can uh, have an impact in the passing game as well. So he, he'll be fine this week. He's a start. Mike Evans, absolutely a start, especially if he's the only guy Casey doesn't really have any sort of number one option that can, you know, shut a, a guy down like Mike Evans. So he'll be fine this week, even if he's the only guy out there. Uh, Chris Godwin, I'm probably waiting personally if he comes back. I really hope they hold him out for one more week as a guy that has a lot of shares of Chris Godwin in leagues this year. I hope he just comes back and stays healthy, but I'm still putting him on my bench and just hoping after what I saw when he came back in week one. Yeah, I think uh, I agree with everything you said up until Chris Godwin. I think if the only way that I'd keep him on my bench and he's in the game is if I have a flex-level player that I consider very similar to him. Uh, I think Chris Godwin would be a high-level flex player even coming off of the injuries, um, it just especially in full PPR. I mean, him and Brady just have a connection, and it seems like, and he just gets a lot of reception. So even if he's a little bit banged up, I expect him to get targeted. So maybe in non-PPR, maybe lay off the week even if he plays. But in full PPR, unless you have a loaded team, I would I would consider putting him in there. And then Julio Jones and Russell Gage, again, if, they're, if they are the second guy and the other two of three out of Godwin, Julio, and Russell Gage miss, then I'm playing him, but otherwise I'm not if that makes sense. So one of those three guys plays, you can play the one that does other than Godwin for me, just because of the risk of re-injury with the hammy and the ACL. It's it's just a lot of worry for me. So uh, I would be avoiding Monday night game Rams at the 49ers. This line has shifted so far the other way. I I believe it started at minus two for the Rams. The first time I saw it, it's all the way to San Francisco minus one and a half, the over under at 42 and a half, kind of a gross number for two teams that project to be really good offenses. But uh, starting on the Rams side, Matthew Stafford, we have uh, expressed earlier in this episode that we're not very high on him. I, uh, I'd be, I wouldn't even call him a low end starter myself. I'd call him a high end QB two. I'd be really trying to avoid him this week in any sort of single quarterback, uh, single quarterback situation that you have him in. Um, Cam Akers is the guy you want out of this running back room right now. I mean, he was the leader, uh, out of the backfield in week three, but Daryl Henderson was the guy before that. And he split touches, excuse me, split snaps right down the middle, even last week. So I wouldn't be surprised if it swung back the other way. I think we're just going to have to see how this thing plays out long term. But against a tough San Francisco run D, you're not that excited to start Cam Akers anyway. Um, on the wide receiver side of things, Cup is a start. Uh, A-Rob is a boom-bust flex. You're kind of hoping for a touchdown out of him. And then uh, Tyler Higby is an absolute starter. Do you have uh, anything you want to add on the Rams, Cody? Yeah, I just want to mention the running backs. I think if you're in a shallower league, I would try to avoid both options if possible. And then if you're in a deeper league, I would consider Cam Akers, but I think I'm holding out on Daryl Henderson this week. Just if Cam gets the majority of the carries, even if Henderson's out there for half the snaps, it's going to be hard to break a long play off against this really good 49ers defense. So, um Really, the only player I have confidence in this Rams offense is Cooper Cup. The rest of them I could all see having pretty rough weeks. Higby, I have, I guess, would be my second most confident player, but the rest of them I could see very rough weeks for. Yeah, and that's probably just because of the very low bar that presents itself at tight end. Yeah, Uh, San Francisco, 
Jimmy G is a low-end QB2 option, not much else. Jeff Wilson, solid RB2. He looked really good last week, and he's going to be the guy until either Tyrion Davis-Price or uh, Elijah Mitchell come back. Uh, Jordan, or excuse me, Jordan Mason did not look involved at all last week. It was pretty much all Jeff carry. Wilson. So. so Right, yeah, so nothing basically out of this San Francisco room. It's Jeff Wilson, and it's Debo Samuel uh, for the running backs. Debo Samuel, uh, mentioning him, he's an absolute start. Do not care about the matchup. He is uh, very involved in this offense. He's gotten more carries than catches so far this year. Slightly concerning, but again, he's super involved in a good offense. He'll be fine. Ayuk, I would put in the boom plus boom bust flex option uh, category. I I don't love starting him this week. I just think that all the other options on this San Francisco passing game are going to be super inconsistent, including George Kittle. I, uh, again, but George Kittle's easier to start because of the tight end disparity that you have, um, you know, with the other options that, uh, that you'd find on the wire, uh, as opposed to Ayuk. So I'm, uh, less willing to start Ayuk, probably starting Kittle, although with not incredible confidence. And then Debo's absolutely in my lineup. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I will say one thing about Ayuk. I would be a little bit hesitant with him this week um, because if Debo is lining up in the backfield, there's a chance Jalen Ramsey is getting more of Ayuk than we would like to see. So uh, if that's the case, Ayuk may have a rough week. But other than that, I like Debo. I like Jeff Wilson. And then George Kittle, I would ho- I would like to see him get more work. I know he was just coming off the injury last week. I expect his targets and receptions both to go up and – uh, I, I would classify him as a starter still. It'd have to be a pretty high-end streamer out there for me to consider taking George Kittle out of my starting lineup. But, Nick, that wraps up Week 4 in the NFL. Uh, tune in to our Week 4 recap episode to see if Nick can say Oakland or Las Vegas one more time. But... <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. I'm taking the over, Cody. Yeah, I'm taking the over. Whenever I was writing the notes, like the for the description out there, I almost put OAK instead of LV. Whenever I was doing like the time slots, and I was like, "Oh my goodness, that would have been such." It just it feels so unnatural. It does. I'll get used to it eventually. Yep, for sure. (laughs) But uh, if we did not get into anyone specific, I think we nailed just about everybody who's going to be fantasy relevant this week. But if there's another start sick question that you have like we mentioned earlier go to the facebook page comment on there and we will uh either respond on there or maybe we might put it in the uh best bets at the beginning so we'll let you know for sure nick do you have anything else you'd like to say before we sign off here no cody let's get you to bed and hopefully everybody has a good week four good luck and let's bring home a win yep good luck everybody peace out